Hello and welcome to the Classified Cheat Codes Podcast, your source for the newest news in gaming. Uh, I'm your host, Josiah. And I'm Hill House. And uh, we are about to bring you the week in gaming. We're about to bring it. About to bring it. We're going to sum it up as best as we can. A lot of little short stories, not really too in-depth. It's more of just like a bulletin this week. So let me get through some of this news. Um, the first thing in news, I, I'm sorry, I already skipped a part of the show. Yeah. Uh, we talk about what <laughs> we start off talking about um, what we played this week. And uh, this week I played a new game called it's not a new game but i haven't played it before it's actually pretty old probably now probably like i think it came out in 2017 it's Ooh, called timbleweed uh yeah it's called timbleweed park yeah it is i believe it's in game pass um i'd seen a lot of good reviews about this game but mm-hmm. uh reviews don't really do it justice it's a very clever adventure game that's got a lot of witty humor in it um i've never laughed this much at a game that's like a point and click because every single element in the game is a joke. So um, it's really um, gamer humor. There's, there's humor that's like referring to the game as a game. There's humor referring to you trying to do certain things as you trying to take the easy way out. So it's very self-aware and it's really hilarious. Um, If you get a chance to play it, um, I definitely recommend it. The controls are kind of clunky on a console, but if you play it on PC, I think it's a lot easier with a mouse. Um, it requires you to actually point where characters go and point at certain items while also giving a command to an item. So this is like an old school adventure game. Uh, it's really um, pays homage to those older adventure style games. And um, it's got a cool artwork. Um Art design is really nice on it, but um, I really recommend it. I do, I do say that it's really clunky though on console. It's playable though. Like I'm not like annoyed by it, but um, I can tell already on console that it's probably <laughs> a million times easier to uh, play it with a mouse. So, oh okay, um, okay, yeah. So check it out if you have time. Uh, it's definitely worth a playthrough. Uh, did you play anything this week? Uh, nope. Nope, just played some Modern Warfare. Uh, big <laughs> secret there. And uh, yeah, yeah, so that's all I did. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a busy week. This was, last week was yeah. Black Friday and yeah. whatever they call Thursday now. And uh, Pre-Black Friday. <laughs> it's like gray, gray Thursday. And then it's like. I don't know. Um, yeah, Turkey Skin Thursday. I don't know. It was something crazy. <laughs> And the thing is, they've been moving Black Friday up to uh, Thursday, which is upsetting because it like makes no one be home with their families anymore. They should just name it. They should just name it. You know, like Black Weekend. It's a four day weekend of sales until Cyber Monday when you buy more shit. That's what they should call it. Something I was going to get at because Cyber Monday was really disappointing this week. Um, Literally, every online retailer just reskin their sites. To say Cyber Monday instead of Black Friday. Oh yeah, that's I didn't really see all they any. Do. I didn't see any sales change. Like nobody was holding out on better deals for Cyber Monday. It was just yeah reskins. So I was actually suggesting that Cyber Monday be moved to the Monday before Black Friday 
just because it doesn't make any sense where it is anymore. Yeah, back no, when it right? was, yeah, back when it was online or in store, it made sense because after you were done with your in store, there was this big sale online. But the thing is, all store retailers now have websites. So, and they're doing the same sales on the website as they would in store. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah, exactly. And it's turning, it's turning Wednesday now into Cyber Monday it used to be. Because everyone starts their online prices early on Wednesday this year. And I heard some people were starting them on like Tuesday. <laughs> so we're already almost back to the Monday before Black Friday. So yeah. I think they should just move Cyber Monday to the previous Monday. And maybe people can actually enjoy thanksgiving in the near future that would be nice um, <laughs> just my little rant on that i always thought that was annoying and i think it's getting more pointless in recent history it just doesn't seem to make sense where it is anymore because we call it black friday but if you go shop on black friday you won't be able to find anything it's all gone yeah yeah it's all so it's what's all, the point <laughs> yeah it's everything's everything's gone so yeah, I don't, I've never enjoyed the idea of Black Friday. I mean, when they first started doing it, I thought it was funny watching these idiots beat the shit out of each other for a freaking Xbox. You know, it was like, what is the point? You're still going to be able to get one in a, you know, in a couple of weeks. So they never uh, sell out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They never sell out. Unlike some other things, which I'm sure you're going to get to later on, but, um, it's ridiculous, man. I always thought it was pointless. It's it doesn't make any sense because I don't know. To me, it's just stupid. It's right. just really stupid. So yeah. Anyway, that's my rant. Soapbox done. <laughs> I just think it's interesting because it would make so much more sense for it to be on a Wednesday. Um, I don't know why they started it the Friday after Thanksgiving. I all I can assume is that they wanted you to spend as much money as you could on Thanksgiving. And then right after they were like, whatever extra money you have, give it to us, you know? And then you have a month to make more money before Christmas to then use all that money on Christmas again. You know, I, yeah. I don't know Yeah. because I guess the, the disadvantage to moving it to Wednesday is people may not have as much money for Thanksgiving, but that's not true. People are still going to put that money aside for turkeys Yep. Like a week before. Yeah, you're right. You're if right. You, now, I, I say this, but there are people out there that are so stupid. It's the people that try to buy a Christmas tree on like Christmas Day. <laughs> yeah. It's the people. There are people that try to buy turkeys on Thanksgiving. Like, it's ridiculous. Oh, but, believe me. I, yeah, oh, I know that. Yeah. We so, both, so we if both you're worked that, in retail. We've seen, the, we've seen the chaos. So if you're that type of person, then, I mean, you do what you have to do. But still... You have to understand that most of these people, for the most part, probably buy their stuff early and it would still work on Wednesday. So I think Cyber Monday should be the Monday before Black Friday. And I think Wednesday of that week should be the new Black Friday after all the the smoke has cleared, <laughs> uh -huh. then everyone can just actually enjoy Thanksgiving. And then Tuesday can be the early Wednesday sales. And that way it's just Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is this big sale period instead of Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's just yeah, now black there's still sales. Is what it is. Yeah, we're recording this on Tuesday, and there's still things that like if you go online, everyone's saying that 
it's Cyber Monday week. We have extended the Monday sales. Yeah. You're like, good lord, just it's like ridiculous. Just make it that price for like two or three weeks and just say that it's that price for the month of December or something. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. They're now making day sales entire weeks. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I guess we're done with that rant. We can move on to news. Um, unless you wanted to rant about it more. Oh, no. No, I'm good. I'm good. I appreciate it. Okay. Time for the news. Time for the news. Oh, yes. Time for the news, bitch. So the first thing in news is um, if you did not hear, if you've been living under a rock <laughs> or if you just don't care about a uh, valve at all, or if you, you may not care, if you live in a rock, I mean, more power to you that <laughs> if you're living in a rock and you're listening to the show, Hey, power to the people, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> we were just talking about the different countries that we've been streamed in and yeah. you saying that makes me think, I wonder if there are people that are living in like mud huts that are listening to our podcast, but I mean, that's kind of a rock, right? A mud hut. Uh, <laughs> they're not mud huts. I mean, <laughs> they're not, <laughs> these people build actual buildings and shit, <laughs> but they build them out of mud and rock sometimes, right? <laughs> <laughs> not, not that I've seen. Okay, I not guess I've been there. to Mexico too much. Yeah, oh, okay. I mean, and even then you're thinking of Adobe. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, you can send any hate mail to <laughs> Josiah. No, I, at <laughs> I am not hating. I'm just saying I that. I know you're not. I know you're this, not. This, so this episode funny. can be... This, we can dedicate this episode to all of our Mudhut listeners. This is to all our third world country listeners. Hey, thanks for breaking out of your mud hut and listening to the show. <laughs> they probably still get service in it. It's probably not too thick of walls. <laughs> God damn it. I need to mark that. Yes, you do. <laughs> that whole conversation. Why? Okay, there we go. Um, so the first thing in news, if you've been living under a rock or if you live in a rock, which isn't a problem, <laughs> <laughs> Valve released a trailer to a new Half-Life, um, universe game. It's not Half-Life three that everybody wanted. And of course they have never done a third game, which is a joke about Valve. Yes. Um, <laughs> Half-Life, uh, Alex is what it's going to be called. And it's a VR game. A lot of people were disappointed initially about it being a VR game because, you know, they really wanted a new actual Half-Life game. In addition to the fact of people wanted an actual new Valve game. Um, now, the problem that the other side of that, though, is there's just as many people excited about the fact that Valve is, number one, making games again. Uh, number two... They're excited that they care about the Half-Life universe still. 
And number three, this is one of the most serious moves into VR that we've seen. And this game, even if it doesn't live up to expectations, the hype for it is doing a lot for the future of VR because it is a serious developer releasing a serious title in one of their beloved franchises that has not seen much in a long time. This is something that they know people will clamor for. Oh yeah, absolutely. And apparently they didn't know how much people would clamor for it because after the trailer released, within a week, um, Valve's VR system, the Index, sold out. <laughs> and it's an expensive system. It's like $499. It's not a little Oculus Go or something. Um, this is a full shebang VR system that Valve has. Yeah. And people were all buying them out because they're already getting ready for um, the release of Half-Life Alex. So I don't know. <laughs> um, I have not played the entire Half-Life series. So I, the thing is I own the whole Half-Life series. I just haven't had the time to play them. Um, I think I will probably play through them now to actually get some background on this game. But the thing about this is just when you try to think of the most prestigious titles in VR, it's a very short list. I mean, we've got mostly PlayStation titles and the idea that Valve is actually putting this work into Half-Life uh-huh. is just really good for the future of VR because a lot of people are upset that it's in VR, but I think they're also getting over that feeling and realizing that I guess I have to buckle down and get a VR now. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's like if it was, if it was a more medium grade title, a title that a lot of people do love, but not like adore and clamor and, you know, talk about all the time. If it was a title that they didn't, totally care about they would just be like oh well that sucks that it's on vr i guess we'll just leave it but because it's half-life i think people that have never considered vr are suddenly not only considering it but assuming that they're going to have to go that way to stay with the series you know yeah so that's really cool um i also wanted to talk about um i I didn't put this in the notes but steam does have a ridiculous sale going on it was kind of similar to the one they had in the summer Mm-hmm. Um, that we talked about around E3. Uh, this one, I think, is till what? Is it till January 3rd? or? Uh, I believe so, yeah. It's like the whole month of December. It's a really yeah. big sale. It's crazy. Um, within like a day <laughs> of them starting this sale, the Steam controller yep. was like immediately sold out. Oh, um, yeah. What was it on? 90% off? It was like It was five bucks. bucks. It was, it was five, five bucks? bucks, dude. And they're so sold out. They have sold so many of them that they kind of basically screwed themselves to the point where they're going to have to cancel some orders. You they think don't they have don't enough. have the... <laughs> oh, my gosh. At least they don't have to reimburse people that much. Um, some, some people were talking about the fact that the Steam Controller... They're, they're wondering if that just means it's totally done because it was kind of a failed controller because most people that play Steam games with a controller are not going to use a Steam controller. Since it's compatible with PlayStation 4 and Xbox One controllers, everyone just plugs those in. Um, this Steam controller is kind of... It's it's quirky. Yeah. It's just, 
is a good thing to say about it, but because it has the two touch pads instead of actual analog sticks, it's way more a novelty than it is a serious controller. Um, that type of accuracy, just the technology hasn't led up to, isn't where it needs to be for that to be as accurate and as easy to use as just an Xbox controller. Um, so that being said, <laughs> uh, a lot of people were like, I wonder if this is their way of just getting rid of that back stock that they have lying in a, in a, you know, a sh- shipping room. So if you are correct, I actually hadn't heard that, but if you're saying that they sold more than they actually have, then yeah, that was one of the last stories that I just read. Not about so maybe someone 15, 20 minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, so, so James who was doing their back room counts fucked up how many they had in the, <laughs> in the system. And they're like, are you sure we have 3000? And he's like, oh yeah, we got three K. It's fine. Yeah. It's, it's like, don't be a Dave. Don't be in the back room <laughs> thinking <laughs> that you can. He's not been, that Dave's are bad. <laughs> no, no, no. He's just been back there not counting them because he assumes no one's going to buy them. And then yeah. comes the day where they put it on like blowout clearance. Way to scan and your they're inventory, like, buddy. Yeah, they're, they're like, Dave, <laughs> where's the rest of it? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I accidentally put two extra zeros on the count. <laughs> it said 5,000, but we only had 50. That's ridiculous. Um, Absolutely. Maybe, maybe by next week we'll actually hear how many they actually sold if yes. that gets released. That'd be interesting to know how many they were off. But it is funny that because it was in a matter of hours, it was in a no, matter of hours that they sold out. The thing is, the them marking it down ninety percent meant that they wanted to get rid of every single one, so they knew that they were getting rid of one hundred percent of their stock. So. The fact that it was not the right amount means that they honestly probably thought they had more. You know, you don't do that if you're trying to get rid of everything in your back room. You don't just like overestimate how many you have and then plan to reimburse. Yeah. So they should have known how many they had. So somebody was fucked up on the numbers. But um, I wonder how many they had because <laughs> it's one of those things where Steam is not as big as Microsoft and PlayStation on producing hardware. Um, so they probably don't have as many in production, but at the same time, they don't sell them very much if at all. (laughs) So they wouldn't have a reason to keep producing. So the question is how many did they overproduce when they thought they were going to sell some? And I, I don't know the answer to that because I don't know what type of market they thought there was for the steam controller, but it just, it absolutely was not what they thought. Now, maybe you're more familiar with this because I'm actually really late to the whole Steam thing. Um, Was the Steam controller ever the exclusive controller that could be used with Steam? The Steam controller? Yeah. Could you always use an Xbox controller or a PlayStation 4 controller? Uh, My understanding was that you could um, because I've had several games on Steam, uh, CSGO, the uh, Rainbow Six, uh, the Tom Clancy stuff. Um, and they always give you an option to plug in a controller and it doesn't specify, or it didn't for me, it didn't right. specify that it had to be a certain controller. From my understanding is, as long as you can plug it into your PC, you can play with it. Yeah, Steam, uh, when, you, when you actually look into the settings, it recognizes what kind of controller you have plugged into. It's really smart on that sense. 
Yeah. Um, so it knows how to map the sensitivities and all that stuff. Um, oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. And especially if you have a programmable controller like um, the Wildcat or the Wolverine right. or any of those. Yes, then you you definitely have some um, you definitely have some perks to it when you're playing on a PC. OK, um, but yeah. The Steam controller is probably done with. Uh, if you ever want one, uh, you probably have to go to eBay now. I don't think they're ever going to restock. <laughs> Where they're going to sell them for like $300 a piece now. Yeah, because they they're think sold they're out. worth something. Yeah. Um, they'll probably drop down in about six months, though, once nobody cares about it. That it's a news story right now. They're yeah. probably overcharging. Oh, yeah. But just wait like six months and people will be really ready to get rid of those $5 oh, controllers. Oh, God. It's, it's the Hatchimal <laughs> fiasco all over again. Right. <laughs> um, so is that all I had to say about valve? Yes. That's all I have to say about valve. Um, so stadia is still in the news, so we're not <laughs> tired of talking about stadia. Are we, um, if you were not aware stadia is not living up to not, it's just, it's hype, but it's not living up to what it said it could do. Uh, one of the main things that it bragged about was how many teraflops that their systems had. Yeah. So if you haven't already heard this, um, the PlayStation 4 Pro is about four teraflops, and this is all about the processing speed and just how powerful the system is, basically. Um, a Xbox One X is about six teraflops, and Stadia was set in many presentations to be about 10.7 or something teraflops which they would say was like combining an xbox one x and a playstation 4 pro and still being more powerful well cool um that would make sense if it actually you know ran games at at least as good as either one of those systems the thing is um, if you haven't already heard this, I don't know if you're unfortunate enough to have Stadia, but um, Stadia is not even running most games in 4K at um, 60 frames per second. Um, one of the things is they had a tweet that they deleted, um, which was saying that you don't have to buy a big PC rig to play red dead redemption 2 in 4k at 60 frames per second you can just use stadia now the joke about that is not only can an xbox do that and not only can a playstation do that but the stadia is running at between 1080 and 2160 it's like at i think a 1440 or something and that's also with the lag of the frame rate which is hardly ever at 60 frames and um, I don't even think it is. And basically their response to all of this is they came out with a statement where they said that it was, it was really cleverly phrased, but they basically said that they were really going to hope that their developers get better at uh, making their products work with Stadia to deliver the best performance overall to the consumer. They're even saying things about how um, the performance and the overall feeling is the thing that comes first. So obviously they're saying things like if bandwidth has to be given 
to the response time, it's going to give it to the response time and make the picture quality go down a little bit because it doesn't want you to be startled by the fact of it lagging or something. So that makes sense. Yeah. But the thing is, um, that's mostly on Stadia's end on that. But they basically came out and said that basically that developers were not making their games compatible with Stadia. And now that doesn't make sense because they're talking about developers like Rockstar Mm -hmm. and Square Enix. Um, These developers know how to develop for the One X and the PlayStation 4 Pro and PC and systems that are completely capable of running it. And Stadia is supposed to be completely capable of running it. So doesn't make any sense that they wouldn't know. The thing is they don't have to downgrade whatever they're programming into Stadia because Stadia was advertised to be better. So it doesn't make any sense that these developers, the thing is they're acting like the developers are at fault and that the developers just don't know what to do yet. Now, okay, so... At launch, everything's a little bit shaky, but still, this isn't like a new thing. It's just streaming from a box somewhere else, you know? So, I I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, We can talk about Stadia every episode. I'm going to try to not do that. But um, (laughs) so far, we've done it probably for a month and a half. Um, the, the, The next thing is not only are they deleting tweets about old claims that they made. So you, I I think there's a Reddit post where it shows all of the deleted tweets that Stadia has done. Basically every time they ever quoted specs or said that they could do a certain thing, they're deleting all of that and basically trying to not have a paper trail saying that they did one thing, Um, which is crazy. Why don't they just like fix their product? And we've talked about the fact that Stadia was not ready. We've talked about the fact that, um, they're just completely rushing it because they're trying to beat uh, xCloud and Amazon. Um, but the thing is, if they're going to rush it, they got to take it seriously. And the the thing is, throwing your developers under the bus is just not the way to do it. Um, they, and the thing is, their competitors are able to go out and get exclusives and stuff now, and they're not going to have that, so they're going to look worse everywhere they're gonna look worse on paper because xcloud and amazon are gonna know exactly what to beat with stadia's numbers yeah they're gonna know how not to launch they're gonna know the reaction of um the masses when you say this founder's edition is 130 dollars <laughs> they're gonna know the reaction that the masses had when they're they they are they claim that they have a product that you don't need a box to play, and then you have to wait for your box with your controller to come in <laughs> to play it. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna remember the fact that Stadia did not launch well at all. They're gonna remember that Stadia said that it had picture and frame rate that it did not actually live up to. Um, and the thing is, let 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 me get to this about the picture. Um, if you don't know much about bandwidth, you, th- you don't have to know very much about bandwidth. Yeah. But to stream a 1080 signal is a lot less bandwidth to, than to stream a 4K signal. Yes. So if Stadia has zero titles, 
that are capable of streaming at 4K, your bandwidth is being ate up because they are not choosing to just make it 1080p and run smoother. Because they are saying that it is capable of running 4K, which is what they're now saying. They're saying that asterisk, they meant it's capable. They're sending you a 1440 signal that's just barely better than 1080. And it's it's over it's overlapped onto a 4K signal. So it's like you're basically getting charged bandwidth for something that you're not getting. So th- that's the thing that really sucks. It needs the ability to switch between the two because they're just basically lying. Um, if it says that it's sending a 4K signal, it is, but that 4K signal actually only has X amount of pixels going into it. You get what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so that sucks. Um, I'm not sure if you could follow that explanation, but uh, bandwidth is just being ate up <laughs> by Stadia because it's doing 4K streaming without the actual results of the signal in there. So uh, that that really does suck. So let me try to get off of Stadia as quickly as I can. I have one more thing to add to Stadia. Um, Stadia also claimed that you would never have to wait. <laughs> you would never have to see updates. Did you see the story? No, that I didn't. one of its ex- one of state Stadia said that one of the advantages that they had over consoles was that you would never have to see an update that because it would update somewhere else, you wouldn't have to download updates. And that sounds really cool, right? Because all the developer does is they change the source file and then immediately the game is updated. You don't have to personally download an update because you're streaming it, right? So yeah. the developer just changes the file and it's updated instant. Well, in the last week, there was a Twitter user that posted a screenshot of using Stadia in NBA 2K19, 2K20, I mean, was downloading an update. <laughs> Of course, it wasn't actually downloading an update on your Chromecast. It was downloading an update on the Stadia servers. So he was having to wait for the server to download an update. Come to find out, um, it's kind of on 2K. Uh, This is not actually Stadia's fault, but 2K didn't really have their shit together, which isn't a surprise. But um, Stadia issued an apology about it. (laughs) But... It, it didn't stop it from making the rounds of just another just another thing that Stadia said that isn't true. But, I mean, it is true. Like, yeah, you don't have to download updates. But um, the system was updating. <laughs> so, I don't know. So, he still had to wait to play his NBA 2K. So, that that's hilarious. It's all about speed and the convenience. And as long as Stadia is not being convenient or being fast or looking good, then there's no point. Then like, give me the box, you know, I don't care if I have a box on my table, you know, if I can rely on my own speed and stuff, that's the thing. Um, the thing is it's eating up your bandwidth to do things that it's not capable of doing right now. So I guess that's my (laughs) rant on stadia. Um, the next story I have is about our good friend, Phil Spencer, um, from Microsoft is, isn't he the CEO of Microsoft? Um, not Microsoft, but Xbox. Um, he issued a very confusing statement in an interview. 
um, they asked him if the Xbox One uh, Scarlet or whatever is coming after the Xbox One yeah, uh, was going to have VR. And uh, his response was very um, naive. And I think it's more of he didn't phrase it properly. Um, he said that VR really isn't that popular. It's not selling millions right now. Yeah. And that um, it's not really the forefront of what they needed to be working on. Um, and the thing is, that's factually not true because uh, PlayStation has sold over 3 million um, VRs. Um, I think uh, Oculus is probably sold over a million. I mean, there's he used the, he used the number million, but the number million is disproven is what makes it so um, yeah. uninformed. <laughs> um, so he, he came out and kind of cleared up what he was trying to say. But the thing is, he really should have just said in the first place that it, he could have phrased it like Xbox. It thinks that the here at Xbox, we think that the future of gaming is more based on the service side. So we are going to focus on that more than the VR, which would basically be admitting that other people are doing VR fine, but we're going to focus on other services that people need from things like quote X cloud. Um, but coming out and saying that people don't use VR and that <laughs> it's not something people want. Is, oh, that's is a little naive. false. Yeah. That's right. That's very just, naive. It's just very naive. And uh, I think he should have just answered it with more of a here at Xbox. We're focusing on other things than just being late to the VR game. And that's the thing. If they did do a VR, um, it would be seen as something inferior to the PlayStation's VR because when the PS5 comes out, we're pretty confident that there's going to be a successor to the PlayStation VR. And, um, if Xbox comes out with a VR on that next system, everyone's going to be like, Oh, so it's, they're a whole, they're the whole generation behind. And I think it would be wise for them to stay away from VR because it's just not that in, it's not that it's not important. It's just why be late to the game when they can keep improving things that they're already better at, you know? Sure. So they, they are more of a service model and they are more about the experience and things like that. And they need to increase the focus on that. Now we talked about about six months ago, we talked about when Sony and Microsoft made that deal about, um, using, um, each other's IP. Um, ah, what's the word? They were going to be working together on like, um, artificial intelligence. Oh stuff. yes. Yeah. And things for future consoles. Using Everyone Microsoft's was wondering AI in order to develop their games. Yeah. Right. They were talking about the things that they were going to do as a business partners. And everyone was like, whoa, is the war between Xbox and PlayStation over? And it was kind of interesting because they were being very chummy during all these conversations. It was really weird to see yeah. them act this way. Yeah. Um, and it makes me kind of wonder. So I talked about. PlayStation is not really working on a cloud-based streaming thing. And I was wondering if maybe X cloud would be available on playstations at some point. 
<laughs> maybe not immediately. And I wonder if in return, uh, the PlayStation VR would be compatible on the Scarlet. And I thought that would be an interesting thing where it's more of a, the thing is what would be the difference of the consoles anymore is what we're talking about. Now we're talking about uh, Xbox wants to put X cloud on everything possible. They're talking about exclusives for using X cloud. So they're all about that subscription model and they're trying to get X cloud to be something that you can use on anything. Now they haven't, they haven't specifically said Nintendo switch. They haven't specifically said PlayStation five or anything like a competitor yeah. to work with, but I think they're thinking if it's profitable and the best move, it's not something that they would be opposed to. And I think that's just something that we all can understand. And I, I think it'd be really interesting if they did something like that, where in return for using xCloud, the VR could be used on either console. That would be cool. If the PlayStation VR could also be used on PC, that'd that be would awesome. Be very cool. Yes. Um, and that would not, here, here's the thing is PlayStation, I get it. They have the most popular console in the world right now. So they can release peripherals that are guaranteed to sell. But if there is like this big streaming war about to happen, um, they are needing to be competitors to Oculus. And apparently now the uh, index by uh, Steam. And to do that, they can make their VR compatible on more systems and yeah. that would be really good for them, especially if their next VR is like a $300, $400 level VR and it's like really ridiculously professional. So I think that would be really cool. And I don't think it's out of the question. The thing is I haven't heard anyone talk about this, but it makes sense to me um, that Sony would try to, make a product that was not just usable on the PlayStation. And for the, for the life of Sony, they've been very secluded to their systems. And only recently did they start allowing you to play PlayStation titles on PC. But that's a good sign. That means that they're trying to branch out and make sure that their IP and products are available to more people. And that's, that's really nice. Also, when the PlayStation Vita fell through... They started allowing, um, they actually haven't started yet, but they are now talking about streaming to other devices like the Vita. Wait, maybe they have started that. I don't remember. Um, they've, they've talked about streaming to other devices like the Vita did so that you could leave your console and then come back and then pick up where the game was. That type of stuff is really, really comforting in the sense of all of these wars and separation of <laughs> gaming uh products being separated um it's really nice to see that playstation is finally kind of getting out of their box but the thing is the ps4 was so successful that they didn't really have to so the fact that they're actually starting to lean that direction means that they are getting advised that what's on the horizon is going to be something that they're going to be they're going to be, uh, they're going to have to be more available. And, um, Xbox with X cloud is all about availability and, uh, stadia is all about that. Um, so to stay in the game, I, I, I think it'd be really cool if the PlayStation VR two or whatever they're going to call it is uh, a lot more compatible on other systems. Um, 
I feel like I'm talking really long about all my points. No, Apologies good, for that. Dude. You're good. <laughs> um, let me get through the rest of what I have to not bore you to death. Um, the next story that I have is still about Sony. Um, actually, the last story wasn't about Sony. It just turned into Sony. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so the next story is about uh, Sony filing another patent for a, another controller feature. Now, we've the hell talked you recently. Say. What? Nothing. I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> <laughs> um they they've done a lot of patents recently we've talked about that um cartridge possibility and that was kind of debunked a lot of people said that that was a cartridge for a preschool learning system that was only available in japan and that that was a pretty good um debunk i do believe that that has to do with that other sony product that's not in america but uh, we've talked about other patents that they filed. We talked about the PlayStation 5 controller being very similar to the PS4 controller. Uh, but the new thing that they filed was that they're, they filed a patent for controllers that would have biometric recording. And by that, um, they explained that they would be trying to make a controller that would have biometric recording of moisture, heart rate, and muscle movement through your hands. Now, muscle movement and heart rate make sense, but moisture is really interesting because I feel like the controller would have to have holes to like detect that you had moisture <laughs> because like heart rate, all you would have to do is have something that could like detect, you know, vibrations, muscle movement. All it would have to do is detect vibrations in locations, you know? Uh, it would know which finger was doing what, and it yeah. would detect where it was back in your arms and stuff. It could detect what ligament was connected and what type of muscle movement you were doing and could maybe define how you were reacting to the game. Now, we, this sounds like sci-fi. Um, to tell you the truth, this sounds like sci-fi 19... This sounds like sci-fi World War II stuff where you put people in a lab and try to indoctrinate them yeah. and uh, see what they react to certain things. This sounds like also Cold War stuff. But anyway, this is something that they're going to be putting in every one of your child's hands. Well, here, <laughs> This is not the Cold War. <laughs> but here's something that's cool about this. Okay. Now, yeah. the, the patent doesn't necessarily specify what type of biometric sensor is going to be used. Although more than likely it's going to be something that is number one is going to be a fingerprint scanner. Also, it will be able to like the, uh, the ellipticals oh. or the, uh, the, uh, treadmills or stairmasters that you can see at any, uh, fitness institution that you want to go to that senses your heart rate, uh, can sense, uh, moisture coming off of your skin, etc. Now, the cool thing about this though, is that um, it mentions, okay, now biometric authentication could increase what's what they consider a good parental control on the controller. Because let's say you don't want your kids playing certain games. You don't want them playing violent video games that are designed for adults, for mature audiences. Well, guess what? It isn't going to let you play it because – Unless your kid knows how to freaking shave your <laughs> fingerprints and put them on themselves, it's some weird silence of the lambs kind of shit, then Jimmy Neutron. it's not going to happen. 
So basically, it, this is going to be, if they do this right, this is going to be a great way for parents to finally have some control over what their kids play. <laughs> yeah. So it's good. I think it's going to be wonderful. It's interesting that you're seeing it that direction. Um, the comparison you made to um, working out maybe think maybe they're making something so that they can have fitness games, which has kind of been yes. a Nintendo thing. Yes. But um, the first thing I actually thought of when I read what it was doing is it sounded like it was something to increase uh, development of horror games because this seems like something you would yeah. use to make the game react differently depending on how much you were being affected. But one um, of the other interesting things that I saw, uh, because you're going in that direction, was that yeah. biometrics can also be used to monitor and discourage unhealthy gaming habits or toxic behavior in online games. Did you know that? No. It's so insane because it can basically tell like, you know, when you're being too intense or too toxic or <laughs> whatever, it, it can basically, these biometrics have a way to, to figure out, okay, you know, this is what's happening at this time. And maybe it'll have an app <laughs> on the parent's phone that says, Hey, you need to go check your kid. <laughs> it seems kids, like they're getting pissed. Your kid's having a seizure in the bedroom. <laughs> your, your your kid is screaming obscenities. Uh, we can tell it through his finger juice. Uh, I don't get it, you know. But yeah, there's something about it. But they're they say that um, <laughs> they since they were able to introduce uh, since Sony was you know able to introduce it on their smartphones, etc. They're using that information that they've gathered from using it on smartphones, and they're incorporating it into. Uh, into your uh, controller. Well, I think it's going to be a great thing. I really do. Cool. But anyway, um, that's all I got on it. Yeah. Um, I, I was, you said something that I was going to follow up on. You were talking about, Oh, Oh, so it's basically going to be like an Apple watch where when I get really frustrated with something, it tells me to breathe. <laughs> oh yeah. So it's going to be like, you're just going to be playing and it's going to be like, you need to chill out, man. You're like, no, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Player one, it is time for a time out. That'll be great. <laughs> I can see people really screaming at their systems because it's like telling you that you're getting really out of hand. God help you. If you break one of these controllers, <laughs> your parents are not going to shell out a hundred bucks for a fucking controller because you break it. I, I mean, how, how long is this going to last? You know, I mean, obviously they're going to get cheaper eventually, but yeah. I think it's going to be very funny to see, you know, how many people actually break these things. <laughs> Cause you <laughs> know, know, they're going to be expensive. I mean, eventually I guess Sony's going to make a controller that you can have a relationship with, I guess. I don't know. Oh dude. It's like picking up everything, monitoring you. I feel like it's going to know me better than anyone. A flesh Scary. troller. <laughs> 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 what are you my doing tonight? I'm going on a date with my controller. <laughs> looks like your dad <laughs> mine looks like your mom <laughs> oh jesus oh you almost made me spit everywhere jesus Christ. <laughs> i had to anyway. wipe off my screen because i laughed and spat oh okay. god this is last, hilarious last point i have is back to xbox i guess i could have organized my notes better i'm sorry um, Xbox, uh, has confirmed that the Scarlet or whatever it's going to be called is going to be backwards compatible 
with Xbox One 100%. So don't be afraid to dive into these digital sales on the Xbox store this Christmas season. <laughs> it yeah. will be playable on the next system. So yes. don't feel like you're wasting your money because part of me says that I have so many games I'm never going to play, but um, it is really relieving to know that the next system will play the same games. So I'm not just sitting on like five, 600 games that I can't play. But anyway, oh. <laughs> um, yeah, because it's one of those things where I like old consoles. I have a PlayStation 3 and a PlayStation 2 and PlayStation 1. I have a bunch of old consoles <clears throat> and I keep them around because I do like playing older games. But yeah. to be honest, I don't ever really boot them up that much. And I feel bad about that because there's some really good titles on the really consoles. And the thing is, at the end of the day, it's about convenience. So, like, I really will buy remasters and stuff just because I like being able to have it all on one system. Uh, hence where the Xbox One's title came from. Um, I like <laughs> I like to be able to boot up a system and play whatever I want. So, um, to be honest, um, it's really, really nice to know that it's moving to the next platform because... <laughs> Even if it didn't, this, the thing is PS4 does not have backwards compatibility with PS3 and there's tons of PS3 titles that I never play anymore because I don't ever boot up my PS3 and, um, that just sucks, <laughs> yeah. but, um, th- there's been no confirmation about, uh, the PlayStation five playing older than the PS4. I think they are saying that it's going to play PS4 games, but the thing is, um, that already makes Xbox have like a foot up on them in one department, which is the fact that you can still play some really old titles on the Xbox. And uh, they're coming out with more and more of the OG Xbox games on the digital store. And it's really cool to see things like uh, Fusion Frenzy and Panzer Dragon pop up there, get a bunch of old Star Wars games. It's really cool to see that. I hope they keep... uh, expanding it because it's just one of those things about convenience and it's really cool to play all that stuff on just one system. So um, if you were worried about backwards compatibility on the Xbox successor, which you probably were not because they're already really good at it. um, It will be, but I am worried about PlayStation (laughs) five. Yeah, that's going to be, that might be an issue. Yes. I I don't know. Uh, PlayStation has their own, way of looking at it. Um, I feel like it's one of those things where they can push back on it as much as they want, but eventually the consumer will change their mind on what they have to do because it's the same thing with crossplay. Uh, they were one of the last, they were the last to hold back on crossplay, and, uh, they finally this year started opening up about it. And, uh, that was all because the consumer, really wanted it and is really good that the consumer pushed on them very hard to um, change that policy. And um, it's all for the better. That what's really funny is I wonder if the PlayStation four would be cross play compatible. If Fortnite was not the monstrosity it was in 2018. Yeah. Because I feel like Fortnite is what made them get so many people want crossplay because on Fortnite you could play PC with Xbox with Switch and 
phone. <laughs> it was all cross compatible and they just look like the black sheep that could not play with anyone else, you know? And, um, I wonder if that's what actually like pushed them there. Like say what you will about Fortnite, but 2018 was so big for Fortnite that I wonder if that's why in 2019 PlayStation finally had to change their policy on that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question, man. That really is food for thought. Um, what you got? Well, uh, there's a couple of things. I mean, last week we talked about, uh, the whole, uh, COPPA thing with YouTube, uh, and, uh, having to pay, you know, uh, what was it? 170 million or something like that. <laughs> um, I don't think it was that much. I think it was in the hundreds of thousands. I don't think it was a million. No, no, it was pretty big, dude. Oh, if you're I, talking to YouTube paying. I thought you yeah. meant the individuals that no, the individual paid okay. 35,000, uh, okay. but YouTube and uh, the, uh, was it Google and YouTube had to pay 170 million or something like that. Um, but it's it was like some pocket change for them, probably. Yeah. Well, you you would think that they would, um, you know, learn from that, you know, in a way. But uh, YouTube now has a new gaming policy regarding on uh, violence in uh, their videos and so forth. Uh, basically, uh, it they shifted their policy in regards to violent content. So what happens is that any video game violence that's featured in an uploaded video would now be treated the same as scripted content rather than real world violence. Um, basically that means that if you upload a video game, uh, like call of duty with, I mean, there's a lot of violence in that game. Um, you upload that video game or that video featuring that game, it's less likely to be age restricted than it would under the previous enforcement. So basically what they're saying is that it's not real. So they're not going to enforce it with age restrictions. Huh? Now on the Google community portal, um, they, they did have an, uh, an update as far as, the changes and community guidelines and, and so forth. Now they said it's not going to impact how YouTube determines if they can monetize a video or not through advertisements. It's, and here's what they said, quote, what does this mean for gaming creators? Because I wanted to find out about this myself because I'm a gaming creator. I, I want to know what's going to happen to me if I stay with YouTube. And quite honestly, um, from my own personal point, I don't think that I'm going to. Um, I don't like the direction that they're taking, and it seems like they're, uh, you know, squirting gasoline on a fire <laughs> just to try to prove a point in my own eyes. Maybe I'm wrong. But anyway, it says, quote, what does this mean for gaming creators? Future gaming uploads that include scripted or simulated violence may be approved instead of being age restricted. There will be fewer restrictions for violence in gaming, but this policy will still maintain our high bar to protect audiences from real world violence. So they don't want you to, you know, they're going to, if, if you post a video of some kids getting in a fight or some jackass at a gas station, getting his ass kicked, like we've seen a million times on these thug life videos or whatever it is, then they're going <laughs> to age restrict those. But I don't think we go to the same part of YouTube, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they pop up and on Facebook and I'm like, oh, what's this? You know, it says dude gets his ass kicked or whatever. And I go to it and it takes you to a YouTube page that, yeah. Targeted. But anyway, 
<laughs> now, but YouTube does state that they reserve the right to age restrict violent video game content above a certain threshold, such as videos entirely dedicated to collecting the most violent parts of the video game. So basically, if it's just violent crap, you know, they have they reserve the right to say, oh, we're going to age restrict it. it. It, You know, I'm looking at this and it just seems so odd to me that. They're allowing creators to produce more violent footage after everything that's happened with COPPA and, and all this other stuff, because you think that they would, they would be like, okay, we're going to, we're going to set more guidelines and rules instead of take away guidelines and rules. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's acting. It's kind of like a backhanded handshake or something because it's like they're telling you that they're taking this rule off because they want you to set whether it's for children or not. They don't want they don't want to be blamed for it basically. So, before certain things would make your video automatically 18 years or older, but now they're saying that they're not one to judge that because, you know, the courts don't like them. So you make that decision and you take it to court. So that's basically what they're doing is they're saying, of course, this is violent. But if you think it's fine for children, you set whether it's made for children or not. Well, so, I'm reading. I'm also reading a quote right crazy. now. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're letting you decide the amount of violence that you put in your videos. Now, the it this thing that says that the policy doesn't apply to advertisement guidelines. Um, now. The YouTube CEO, Susan, I hope I'm saying her name right, Susan Wojcicki, um, says that she understands uh. that the, if a video is too violent for advertisers, even if it's okay by YouTube standards, it still runs the risks of being demonetized. So she says that she understands that, and she put out a letter, and what she said in part of the letter is that she they're working to identify advertisers who are interested in edgier content, like a marketer looking to promote an R-rated movie, so we can match them with creators who content whose content fits their ads. In its first month, this program resulted in hundreds of thousands of dollars in ads on yellow icon videos, referring to an icon that appears on a creator when their videos are demonetized. So it's like, I don't know, man. I mean, it's YouTube says that they have to act on behalf of their advertisers, but they're so how does that help the creators? Because if a creator puts out something that they think is going to be okay because YouTube allows, you know, violent content from these video games and they put out this video that could be a great video that everybody wants to watch, but then they end up not making any money off of it because nobody wants to be associated with it, even though YouTube is allowing it. So it's, it it just, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't get it because as far as I know, a lot of advertisers are going to opt out of being part of a video that is might be regarded as sensitive subject. You know what I mean? That might be regarded as, you know, uh, you know, not safe for kids or not safe for work or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So to me, it's a slippery slope that they're playing with. And I, I, I see a lot of people making an exodus out of YouTube as far as content creators. You're still going to have folks that are on YouTube because there are some people that still make some wonderful content that a lot of people like to watch. But they're not going to still do it, though, if they're not making money. 
Exactly. That's my. Yeah. That's basically my point. It's just it. It just seems like what are they? What are these guys doing? You know, I, I just don't get it. It's almost like yeah. they're they're literally pouring gas on a fire. So I'm going to do research on this before next week. But yeah, yeah, so am I. Um, YouTube is owned by Google, and they are refusing to make a login for YouTube, which is the thing that would solve every problem yes, they have. Absolutely would. So I agree with you. everyone's going to leave YouTube to actually keep making money because they're so bad at business. Um, Stadia is proving it too. Um, the question is, who's going to step up to rub this shit into Google's face? And yeah. likely candidates are Amazon, Microsoft, so one of them is going to come out with, or they probably already own one. That's what I'm going to go research. They probably, one of them probably already owns a platform that could be the new YouTube and they're going to probably start heavily advertising. Hey, um, attention creators. Um, this is what we have, um, come where everyone wants to be or something as a tagline, you know, um, I can see them doing that. I can really see Amazon doing it. Um, the way Amazon has been promoting Twitch as like the place where everyone can do everything. And it's like the safe haven of the internet. And then the way Amazon acts like everything else is not <laughs> anything compared to them. Um, I could really see them stepping in and trying to basically rub this shit into Google's face. But the thing is, you don't have much time to do it. You need to like capitalize this month, you know, because uh, the shit's about to hit the fan in January and you need to have your servers up and ready for migration by January 1st, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I'd really be interested to see it, but I feel like there's another big player that's going to come in yep. and outdo what YouTube's done. YouTube had a great legacy, but you have to remember that. Google did not start YouTube. Google bought YouTube. Yes. So yes. the way they've handled the company since they've bought them has been really bad. And um, I think it's about time for someone to step up and change things. So um, I, I know it's really scary for content creators because a lot of them are saying things like you can't have your whole fan base move. But the thing is, I think you actually can if everyone moves. And the thing is, uh, most of the big names on YouTube that live off of their channels will not be able to live off their channels anymore because if it basically, if it has anyone breathing in it, it's marketed towards kids, according to Kappa. Yeah. So, (laughs) which is absolutely ridiculous because of all those rules. So, I guess look for, I wonder what it could be called that I, I hate that. I'm really naive about this. Amazon might own a company and everyone's going to be laughing if they know what it is, but like it's not Twitch. Twitch is just way too clumsy to be the new YouTube. Um, I know Twitch tries to complete compete with YouTube gaming, but maybe there can be something that's like same color scheme as Twitch, but well, make it more like content related, you know, funny that you, say that because steam is now has people streaming live on steam so that could be an opening for steam to become something like that because they they look a little bit like twitch yeah they feel a little user-friendly like youtube so there is a possibility there man 
that's a very yeah. good, uh, that's a good, great, uh, that's a great thing to look at down the road. That's definitely a possibility on that part. Now see Twitch could become the new YouTube. Um, now people that know Twitch are very scared about saying that. I doubt it though, because of the, the whole back and forth between, uh, content creators and Twitch and how they, a lot of them feel that Twitch plays favorites with certain people and doesn't enforce the rules equally and uh, fairly across the board. So there is a lot of that going around. So yeah, that is a big knack. And then maybe Amazon would not want to make its competitor to YouTube actually be affiliated with Twitch. But at the same time, Twitch needs to figure out what it wants to be. Yeah. (laughs) Um, The app and the browser and everything is so streamer based, but all of their current advertising acts like it's for everything. But the thing is, if you boot up Twitch on a web browser or on your phone, it clearly looks like any other game streaming app. <laughs> it does not look like something where you're browsing for content. You know, it looks like a bunch of live streams. So I don't know. True. They need to figure out what they are. Or stick with what they are. I don't know. But um, they're not currently in a direction that looks like they could step in and be the place for people to leave YouTube. Especially with the way they treat the higher ups, you know. Yeah. No, I agree but, with you. Sorry for lengthening your story. No, no, no. Not at all, dude. I think it's <laughs> a, I think it's, you had some valid points and it's a great subject. I mean, Thank you. You know, what is going to happen to YouTube with all of this? And I'll be honest with you, just like I said at the beginning, as a YouTube, I consider myself a content creator. I believe I've got, you know, a a couple of hundred videos on there um, at least. And the way I look at it is I I don't know if it's worth staying. I don't know if it's worth staying with them right now, Uh, even down the road. um, You know, I like I'm saying, you know, why would I want to risk the, the opportunities that are coming my way with creating content by having a video out there that they could say, Oh, you're violating copper rules when I did nothing wrong. You know what I mean? So why have a video out there that people can just continue to make comments on, or I just make sure that nobody can make comments on any of my videos. I either get a thumbs up or a thumbs down and that's it. But yeah, yeah, it's just, it's almost not worth it because it almost seems like it's too much work to try to deal with that. You know what I mean? Know exactly what you mean. I agree with you. I'm the same way about it. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens and uh, we'll find out, I guess. Sounds good. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> we talked about this a while back, actually, with Riot um, uh, lawsuit that was happening with them regarding gender discrimination. And uh, basically what's come out is that Riot has to, um, they have to pay a $10 million settlement um, due to a a class action lawsuit that was filed against them back in 2018 uh, over, quote, pervasive sexism and gender-based discrimination at the studios. Now, at the time, Riot came out and said that due with an internal investigation that gender discrimination in pay or promotion, sexual harassment, and retaliation are not systemic issues at Riot, but acknowledge that some rioters have had experiences that did not live up to their values or culture. Now, Los Angeles Times, they came out with a report uh, yesterday that said that um, 
the settlement is going to cost Riot at least $10 million, at least. And it's going to be divided up between approximately 1,000 women. So <laughs> they're going to be, they're going to get some nice checks that were employed <laughs> by the studio between November 2014 and the finalization of the settlement, but it still has not been finalized by the courts. So there's other ladies that could end up getting involved, but they say it's approximately 1,000 women that are going to be uh, getting individual payouts that are going to be varying depending on the length of employment and uh, whether they were full-time employees or whether they were contract employees. So all this is going to make a determination into how much money they get. Of course, we all know a third of this $10 million goes to the lawyers. So they're not really going to get that big of a check if you think about it. I mean, they may get a, you know, some may get a million, some may get a few hundred thousand. It's still going to be, you know, a nice payday for several of these people. Um, now, basically, they Riot has been told that they have to improve their internal culture and have better, you know, better ways of reporting harassment. They need to take it more seriously. They need to follow up. Um, they need to review people getting paid the same amount that are in the same job, whether they're men or women, which quite honestly, I agree with. Uh, if you're doing the same job, you deserve the same pay. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it doesn't matter who you are, what gender you are, et cetera. Not um, in Miss Monopoly. Well, maybe not in Miss Monopoly. If you're, <laughs> you know, if you were born with a ding dong, you get half of it. So, yeah, <laughs> but that's been a long time coming, and I think there's some people out there that say we deserve it. But other than that, <laughs> they um, in March of 2019 they hired um, for the first time ever they hired a diversity officer. Her name is Angela Roseboro, and uh, basically she is making sure that. You know, her job is to make sure that things are taken care of and these people are, you know, they're getting the the right, you know, the right, uh, the right dealings when they go to this company. Um, yeah. Now, they did say that they're happy that they have a proposed settlement. They're happy to be doing all this. And um, it's another step forward. It demonstrates their commitment to living up to their values and making Riot an inclusive environment, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, they're coming out and they're saying, Wait, the right what thing. was that second statement? That they're uh, committed to living up to their values and making Riot an inclusive environment. <laughs> living you know? up to their values of something that they've consistently been not. They think it <laughs> that this settlement demonstrates their commitment to living up if to they their were, values. If they were committed to living up to their values, they wouldn't be constantly doing this in the history of their company. Exactly. But commitment doesn't start because you say I'm going to change today. You have to actually <laughs> exactly. prove that you're committed. You have to show it. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's like explaining remorse <laughs> to a child. I said I was sorry. <laughs> exactly, man. It's so stupid. Yo, here's the funniest thing, dude. Um, <laughs> they're paying $10 million, right? How much yeah. do you think Riot pulled in? From League of Legends in 2018. Uh, let me just guess, from League four, of Legends. Four hundred million. One point four billion. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I was always gonna guess like five or six. I didn't think it was billions. That's crazy. <laughs> that's that's in a game that's doing advertising that it's not pay to win that it's all cosmetics that's a lot of cosmetics that's crazy dude it's that's absolutely crazy. insane it's absolutely insane but yeah so that's what's coming down with them uh <laughs> i just 
these, you know, these companies that are, there's a lot of these gaming companies that we were talking about this a few episodes back where uh, sexual harassment claims were coming out of the woodwork from top, these top people in these companies. And it's like, guys, get your, get your shit together. Okay. It's, it's almost 2020. Um, there's no place for that kind of crap in, in basically yeah. business or the world anymore. So get your shit together, start treating everybody the same way and do the right thing from the beginning. And you won't have this steaming coiled up pile of shit in your front lawn <laughs> for the whole world to see if you do the right thing from the beginning. So yeah, it's just, I mean, this is just a drop in the bucket for these guys. $10 million right. isn't shit for 1.4 billion from one game. And how many games do they have? I mean, I, I can't even think of the number. It's got to be quite a few, right? That are making cash. Um, Probably about under 10, but still like, you know, League of Legends is one of the biggest games of the world, period. So oh, it yeah. And it, it's not going anywhere. I mean, <laughs> if it made 1.4 billion in 2018, it's probably going to do the same. So it's not like these guys are going to miss it, you know? Yeah. I don't think any other game they make probably makes a fraction of that, you know, just like, yeah, it exactly. doesn't matter. That's just insane. It's absolutely so, insane, dude. They're showing their commitment to values by handing over like pocket change. That yeah, really, <laughs> they really proved themselves there. They should force everybody in the lawsuit to play Miss Monopoly and finish the game, not just start it. They have to actually finish the game. Yeah, exactly. There should be like a common practice in every like uh, lawsuit that has to do with equal rights. You know, just play Miss Monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> just be like, this is what un- unequality is, and then. They can just start crying while wondering why in the world they're playing it. That would show remorse <laughs> and commitment to change. But yeah. What do I know though? Right. <laughs> what do any of us know? I mean, <laughs> we think we do. And then all of a sudden everything gets turned up on its ass and we don't know. I th- nothing. I think companies get this way because I, I think everyone gets too chummy. And now you would say that, I'm being wrong because obviously they're not chummy and good friends in, within the company if they're mistreating people and treating people differently. But here's the thing. If you don't have an outside source coming in and viewing what your company's doing internally, yeah. someone that doesn't have personal connections with anyone in that company, then it allows an ecosystem to be created that no one's monitoring and people don't even realize it's toxic. People don't realize that it's unhealthy and it doesn't take much for you to just throw someone into that bunch and be able to see that, you know? So I think, I think these companies like this, like you were saying, it's 2019, they need to like get on board. And the thing is they've probably been secluded for years is what I'm saying. Yeah. And it just takes an outside point of view for people to be like, yeah, this is not healthy. <laughs> and that's usually what happens. It usually yeah. someone leaves a company because they're frustrated. And then years later, they're talking to someone about it. And they're like, uh, why didn't you report that? You know? Exactly. Um, and they'll be yeah. like, oh, because like it happened to so and so and so and so. Like it was just something that happened there. And they'd be like, yeah, that doesn't make it right, though, if it was common yeah. practice. But. Well, yeah. you know, and that's that's one thing they don't accept either when it happens is that 
You know, they don't, uh, you know, some people, they, they don't accept the answer that some of these people don't come forward and say anything because quite frankly, they're afraid of losing their job, you know? Right. But then the thing is, how would you lose your job after you already lost it? But whatever. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I don't know the full details of the story, but I mean, I don't know. I feel like Riot could have done more. Yeah, they I, I absolutely could have. I mean, I, I honestly think that they, they could have. And if if from what I've been reading is correct and people were already coming to them with complaints, then, yeah, they should have done a much more thorough investigation or, or hired an outside firm to do it. Because you do have that bias when you have an internal investigation. And right. I believe that's what I, I'm talking about. Yeah. That'd be a great job. That would be a great job to own a company that did nothing but internal investigations for companies that it had no association with. Because you'd be completely unbiased unless you were, you know, of course, your person got bought off or something. But, you know, which could happen, I guess. I mean, <laughs> you know, there are some some sketchy people out there. But yeah, I think that'd be a great idea for a business. I'm going to start it. Nobody do it. It's mine. I thought of it. You heard it here first. Okay. Oof. Uh, next story I want to get to. Uh, one of my favorite and one of the most beloved characters in Star Wars, Jar Jar Binks, is coming back. <laughs> uh Actually, it's just the actor, uh, Ahmed Best, who played yeah. Jar Jar Binks. He's coming to Disney+. Plus. Um, Disney Plus has ordered a game show for 2020 called Star Wars Jedi Temple Challenge. Dude, I'm telling you right now, I wish I was 12 and I wish I could go. Because this thing, from what I've been reading, sounds like so much fun. Um, they're going to – it's going to join uh, <laughs> The Mandalorian as one of the streaming service's original shows. So it's going to be a continuing show. They've already got that much uh, uh, confidence in this. And it's going to be hosted by Ahmed Best, the actor who played Jar Jar Binks. But, hey, let's not get a stink in our eye right now, just because I said Jar Jar Binks, he will not be reprising that role. He is going to play the Jedi master who <laughs> leads the contestants through the show and encourages them in order, you know, in order to become, you know, like a Jedi and in the ways of the Jedi. Uh, basically it's a kid show where contestants are going to face tests of ability in the core Jedi principles of strength, knowledge, and bravery while facing obstacles in an attempt to achieve the rank of Jedi Knight. So basically, uh, it's you're going to have um, different parts. It, it, it feels almost like you're going to be going through um, a, a temple, basically, because it is the Jedi Temple. And in each area of the temple, there's going to be different things that are going to test you. Like um, you're going to have, you know, your knowledge testing. So there's going to be some sort of a puzzle or something that you're going to have to solve, which sounds kind of right to me. Um, bravery, which means there's probably going to be kind of a scary part, maybe some, you know, you know, uh, bad guys jumping out at you, or you've got to maybe do a simulated lightsaber fight or something, which would be kind of cool. And strength, which is going to be actually probably just something purely physical. Um, there's mentions of the obstacle, which I think it'd be really kind of cool. So obstacles would be kind of fun, maybe kind of like so a miniature it, uh, ninja warrior kind of thing going on. I was about on. to say, so is it, it's like Jeopardy with 
hole in the wall also? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> and it sounds really cool, though, because this is something that I could see a lot of kids really getting into and really wanting to to be a part of. And I, I think it's going to be something awesome, man. It's definitely something that I'm going to check out um, with my nieces yeah. and nephews just because I think it's going to be neat to watch. And if they add a little bit of that, you know, uh, the physicality, which is harder than the average thing, because nowadays these kids are – testing their strength like it's crazy. I mean, you you see kids that are totally into that American Ninja Warrior. You see kids that are totally into these, you know, obstacle course races and other stuff that, you know, yeah, we have a lot of indoor stuff that we do nowadays. And like from when I was a kid, when you spent every waking minute outside, it's not the same as it was, but it doesn't mean that they're less physical. Do you know what I mean? So I think that it's going to depend (laughs) on, you know, it's going to show us, you know, these, these smart courageous and strong kids that, you know, become these Jedi Knights and in their minds, they're going to be Jedi Knights. And I think it's going to be really, really cool. Uh, it's going to be a fun thing to watch. So yeah, 2020, man, uh, sometime in 2020, they haven't given an exact date, but yeah, it's going to be the, the dude's last name is best. Yes. I mean, I would have put my money on him like succeeding in his role. Like who would have known all that would have blown up in their face. Yes. Yeah. You're like, who's this? He's best. Oh, I'll hire him. <laughs> Which it, it really sucks because <laughs> the thing is that at least they're giving this guy another shot because it wasn't his fault that Jar Jar Binks no, was, was so bad. The, it was just shit writing. Yeah, it I was mean, the writing. It wasn't his <laughs> performance for sure. It, I mean, I'm sure that Ahmed did his best, but it was shit writing. Get it? Ahmed best. But uh, Yeah, I got it. <laughs> As long as he doesn't do the voice. If he does the voice on episode one, it's canceled from there on out. I guarantee it. It'll be over with. Nobody will watch it again. <laughs> so, What if he did the voice throughout the entire show? Oh, God. If he did the voice dressed as a Jedi master, I would be absolutely annoyed and pissed. I would, I would write them letters and say cancel, uninstall, alt F4, whatever it takes. I would, it would just be horrible. It would be horrible. But yeah, I mean, it sounds like a great idea. It sounds like a great show. And I, I hope they succeed because it really does sound like something cool. Cool. So yeah. Uh, next thing that I've got, uh, Starship Troopers. Uh, I know you love some Starship Troopers, man. I've seen that movie probably a hundred times. I love it. I've always wanted it to be, you know, there to be a sequel. I've, uh, it's just a great campy well, corny a, show. A, a good sequel. Um, yeah, a good sequel. Yeah. <laughs> An actual theatrical good sequel, not a straight to DVD one. But I loved the first one, man. I I loved the it. first I, one's I, great. I thought sure. it was wonderful. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, it, obviously, you know, like you know, they haven't had a lot of success since the movie, but yeah. um, there is a game coming out called Starship Troopers Terran Command. And Ooh. it's a survival RTS based uh, on the first movie. It's due out in 2020 and it's based on the original film. And uh, basically you're fighting off wave after wave of enemies. But the fact that you have a, um, a successful company yeah. that is working on this movie, then it's going to be, it's, it's going to be something good. I believe it's called, uh, the aristocrats. 
It's a studio behind a World War II war game, Order of Battle. And they are going to be working on this game. Um, the The announcement trailer looks really cool. It really does. Uh, it looks like it's going to be basically Starship Troopers that we remember from the first one. So awesome. uh, it should be a lot of fighting, a lot of blood, and guts, and bugs. And um, you'll be able to build fortifications and minefields. And um, you'll be able to kind of like, uh, what is that? Uh, that video games. Uh, is it Seven Days to Die? Where you have mm-hmm. to build up your fortification and then wait for the uh, the zombie horde to come. I think it, it from what I've been reading, it kind of has that feel to it. Um, now the the cool thing is that uh, you only your line of sight, you only see what your units can see. So when you switch over from unit to unit, one of the things I was reading about it, you only see what they can see. So if you don't see them coming at you and you miss something, you're going to lose. I mean, it sounds like it's going to be an intelligent, hard video game. So I'm kind of looking forward to it, man. I might actually get it on PC and this might be one of the things that, uh, that, uh, that I end up playing and talking about down the road, but yeah, sounds like a lot of fun. So it's Starship Troopers, Terran command. I'm going to do a little bit more on it probably later on uh, at the beginning of the year when it, when it starts, uh, releasing some more information. So, yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm buzzed about it, but it yeah, it's no definite release date, but it is due in 2020. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, yeah, you can check it out on Twitch too, because uh, it says Slytherins also unveiling Starship Trooper Terran Command on Twitch, so you can head over there and check it out on Twitch. I think there's some videos of it that uh, people can check out. Um, but the last thing that I want to talk about, and actually, this is kind of funny. When I read this earlier today, I I wasn't going to do this story, and I was looking for uh, some stuff that we were going to talk about, but I don't think we're going to have time to talk about it today. Um, yeah. I, I kind of wanted to discuss the difference between you know uh, uh, story-based games and play-based games. and We can you know, do that next We week. can do that some other time, because I really think that's an interesting subject. So if anybody who's listening, if you have anything – that you want to throw in our, you know, uh, conversation on that, please send us some messages. Let us know, uh, if there's anything in particular about that subject that you'd like us to talk about and, uh, we will do so. But I came across this story, <laughs> uh, about, um, father Robert Balliser. I hope I'm saying his name, right? It's uh, B A L L E C E R. He is. And, uh, this guy has like 21,000 followers on Twitter or something. Um, he uh, basically, uh, he's a former tech blogger and uh, <laughs> he also was a host of a show called The Week in, Te- in uh, Tech and he's a Catholic priest. He has 23,000 Twitter followers. Okay. And um, he said, he, he asked a question. He said, which game should we spin a few servers up for? in the Vatican and everybody kind of the biggest amount that you got was Minecraft. So there is a Minecraft server at the Vatican and they did a quick test run and it was immediately overwhelmed by demand and DDoS attacks. Uh, 
they wanted to do this. The reason why they did this, and I'm going to put this out there first, was to create a less toxic environment for like-minded Minecraft players who wanted to be creative and have a uh, community that was not nasty, toxic, etc. Now, they've actually taken that um, kind of uh, seriously. One of the first tweets that he, that he put out after they had opened it up, this was on December 2nd at 1.52 p.m., he said he was looking at the logs of the Minecraft test server, and it looks like there's a handful of people who are constantly connecting and disconnecting to fill the player slots and kill the server. He put, interesting, dot, dot, dot. Well, uh, you know, first thing you did wrong there, guys, doing all that is uh, you pissed off Father Balliser of the Vatican. And I don't know if that's a good idea. Um, so basically, the story went out that he was putting up the test server. And then the next thing you know, it went even more crazy. Uh, the demand was huge. Um they were trying to get it fixed, and he says that they are working on it, and uh, the test server is going to become the whitelist server once everything is switched over and they've gotten everything <laughs> taken care of. So the whitelist server is if you're not banned. And the reason why I say that, because if there's any doubt that these guys are not watching you, um, Trust me, they are watching you, and one of their basic mods is the Holy Sea, and they're not putting up with any crap. Um, one guy, Velociraptor Beetlejuice Society, sent a message replying to the Padres and said, Hey, I got banned. My username is Pirate101. I don't know why, but it just happened randomly. Can you unban me, please? I repent. Father Balasar himself came back and said, the mods were watching you for more than an hour. That wasn't random. Unsmiley face. And then he <laughs> So he's like, he's like, guess what? We see everything. So quit screwing around. Um, yeah, basically he said he wanted to go ahead and do this. And he they decided on Minecraft because it was 64% of the people voted for Minecraft. Um, he also said that you can do Rust, Ark, or Team Fortress 2. Rust was kind of an interesting choice. Um, I don't know why they would have included that in there, but Minecraft makes a lot of sense. Uh, but <laughs> yes, they said that they wanted to create a place that was a little less toxic, a bit more community. Um, you can invite people who wanted to be creative and don't want that toxic atmosphere. So I applaud them for that. I think it's a great thing. Uh, I, I don't like a lot of toxicity in my games. Uh, you know that, um, it kind of bums everybody out. I mean, we get triggered every once in a while. Everybody does, but I think this is going to be a good thing. Um, now <laughs> there's a screenshot from it where someone said, fuck. <laughs> oh, really? Then someone responded, thou shall be punished. <laughs> well, here's the, here's the great thing. The server is open now. And you can point your client to minecraft.digitaljesuit.com oh <laughs> to test it out. I mean, I'm absolutely loving this. This is so cool. But uh, yeah, man, I think this is a great thing. Uh, but it was a funny little story, man. And the fact that they're not taking any crap off anybody. I mean, if there's one, one group of people you don't want to piss off, it's the Catholic priests. I mean, <laughs> you just don't want to do it, man. Uh, 
because they will send a battalion of nuns with rulers to your house and you will get, you will repent. It will happen. He has 24,000 followers on Twitter now. Oh, wow. So he's gone up a grand since just, just since today he's got up a thousand. That's insane, man. That is insane. He's probably going to be well, you know, get a well over a hundred thousand followers before, uh, I would say before the end of December, because this is going to actually make a lot of uh, it's going to give a lot of uh, PR to the Vatican (laughs) and to him and everything else. So I think it's really cool. I think it's really cool, man. But that's that's all I've got, man. I'm definitely going to be keeping track of this uh, this uh, this story and see what happens with it. But, yeah, I'm very interested to see how they how they approach it in the future and how it works out for them. But I applaud them for trying to create a less toxic community. I think it's a great thing. Yeah. It, I mean, it's funny because people will do whatever they can to troll. Uh, and uh, I, I like how they're handling it. That's good. Um, it is really funny. Um, but at the same time, it's just it's only – it's only like, <laughs> it's only funny because it's just so campy, but, um, yeah, yeah. I that's what I mean. I it, mean, I'm not but, laughing at it because it's a, a Vatican or the, or a church or anything like that. I, you know, I don't have any problem with that. I just think it's, it's a cute, funny story. And this guy, this, this father, uh, this, you know, Catholic priest is not taking any crap off these people that are trying to ruin it for everybody else, the, you know? The, I guess the thing that's actually making me laugh the most is I wasn't aware that Minecraft was that toxic because it has the ability to allow entrance into your servers. Yeah. So, I mean, it's very easy to stop toxic people in Minecraft. So, um, I don't know. I, I guess I think that's the funniest part is that marketing it as let's make a less, less toxic, better place to play Minecraft it's just, just like, well, there's like way worse games with way worse toxic communities. <laughs> but <laughs> but at the same time, you know, you got to commend him for what he's doing. I mean, he he asked for them to vote and they voted on Minecraft, but that could just be because Minecraft is the most popular game in the world right now. Um, but yeah, I think it's funny that it's Minecraft of all games. Like it's not that toxic. <laughs> <laughs> But good yeah. story to close it out. I I right want you save that for the end. That's a good story. Can I have an amen? Amen. <laughs> I'm going straight to hell. Why? I don't amen. know. I no. don't know. I remember getting hit with a ruler. It's something I've tried to bury. Bury the ruler? No. <laughs> bury the memory. <laughs> but for the right amount of money, I could bury a ruler. <laughs> Uh, oh my god okay uh sorry if you're listening to this podcast father with all our curses and swearses but um totally commend him uh go go hit him up i was just browsing on his twitter he's got some ridiculous stuff on it he's pretty funny guy um looks pretty entertaining um but yeah that's the show for this week um Kind of just doing a quick news recap. We're going to have a show pretty quickly. Um, So expect a new episode within about five days since this episode came out a little bit late. But um, 
we will check y'all next week and uh, keep being as real as you can be in a world of fake phonies. <laughs> no? Is that not a good send-off line? Fake phonies. Fake phonies? <laughs> I like it. That's why I laugh, dude. Go, go in peace and be blessed, my child. May no? the fleas of a thousand camels infest the crotches of your enemies. And bury the ruler. (laughs) (laughs) Go out there and bury the ruler. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. (laughs) 